Hey everyone, welcome to Sports Dev Series. Uh, we yours truly. We're back um, in North America. At this point, we're in Canada. And we have uh, Kareem Ray, who's um, a Canadian soccer player. He's going to come here and talk about uh, his experience and just put out a book, a really good book about how to become successful as a soccer player. Um, it's going to be really interesting to, to start. But just before we kick off some more, this podcast is brought to you by Arewa Baobab, um, Baobab fruit powder that comes out of Nigeria. Extremely good, high in vitamin C and antioxidants. Um, definitely good during this period of the pandemic. You can get your Baobab at arewabaobab.com. Uh, order and you get free shipping in North America. Anyway, so Kareem, how are you, man? I'm good. How are you? I'm doing well. Thank you. Thank you for coming in. Uh, we had a little mix up in, in scheduling, but uh, we're able to get you on. I think it's interesting. Look, um, I wanted to have you on because I saw you wrote a book um, about how soccer players could become successful. And I thought it was <laughs> I, I thought it was interesting because I, I said, you know, like, a lot of people much younger than, you know, your age don't write books, especially books helping players navigate how to become successful in their careers. So um, so kudos to you, first of all. And then I think, you know, for putting together the And then if you want to just talk about, like, you know, your background, how you grew up, how you got into soccer and, um, and everything else. Yeah, for sure. So uh, at six years old, I started playing uh, house league soccer in Brampton. Uh, I had a single mom and, you know, she took me everywhere. She drove me everywhere. Uh, from Brampton Blast, I played there for a year, went to Woodbridge Strikers, and that's when I started to get the, the winning experience uh, with Woodbridge. Uh, we, I, I guess the biggest title that we won is called the Ontario Cup, if you've ever heard of. I have, yeah. Yeah, and then uh, from Woodbridge, I went back to Brampton, but played a year up, and then from there, uh, a little quick story, I, was, I wasn't satisfied, I felt like the best player, and I wanted to improve, which turned into a bad attitude. And then um, my coach, Coach Linford, and Coach Rob talked to me and my mom, said, hey, look, your son has a bad attitude. He needs to fix this in order to move forward. And um, they didn't understand the reason why. We had a quick conversation. I said, hey, guys, look, at a, at a very young age, too, I knew what I wanted yeah, to do. Yeah, let, let me jump in real quick. So what did he mean by a bad attitude? What does that mean? What does that translate into? Yeah, so it, I didn't feel like I was fulfilling my potential, my full potential. I wasn't reaching it because of the players around me, right? So I, I knew that I needed to change my environment. I just didn't know how, right? So you were better You were better than most of the guys around you? At Brampton Blast, yeah, playing for the 99. Cool. Yeah. So, yeah. so you wanted more. Exactly. Right? How, I don't, I, this is just me, right? I don't see how that was bad, right? Right, but remember, I said it turned, that turned into bad at being, uh, having, of me having bad attitude on the field. Oh, I see. Okay. Nice. Go ahead. Yeah. That led to the conversation with Coach Rob, Coach Lidford, myself, and my mom. And obviously, my mom was disappointed, but nobody knew why, sweet. So when I spoke, I said, hey, look, I just want to become better, and um, I need to change. These guys are not serious. I need to change my environment. So from there on, they said, look, an opportunity is coming. Uh, a team called a &B Academy uh, in Canada. There's trials. So they said, change your attitude. And we could possibly give you the opportunity to go there. So that's exactly what I did. I changed my attitude, performed on the pitch, and then I went to Andy Academy. Um, from there, I was connected to Coach Basam uh, Naim, the director of Andy Academy, and that's where uh, I got the opportunity to travel around the world more, 
2018, I went to England, England for a six-week pilot trip. Um, I'm gonna give you full detail, real quick. Sorry, just give me a second. It's okay, it's okay, take your time. I think I, I think it's 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 interesting. Um, so we got connected to Next Generation Pro FA. They're on Instagram. You guys could check them out. Um, got connected to England for six weeks. I think I think I'm familiar with them. Okay, cool. Where they kind of have trials in North America and they select certain players and then the players end up in Europe and you tour teams and, and the like, right? Am I correct? Yes, I think so, yeah. Okay. And you pay a fee for that service, right? Yes, we did pay. Yeah. Uh, okay. And they took care of uh, some accommodations, out of food, uh, hotel, and then we had to pay for transportation. Um, okay. So when I, once I got to England, I got uh, more of the professional experience seeing uh, the professional professionals playing the BPL, uh, playing every single day. So I got that experience. And from the six weeks, I actually got picked up from Reading FC. So mm. as, as you already know, mm. it's so soccer or football is a very competitive competitive sport. So they're, yeah. players are coming in and out like rapidly. So as a Canadian soccer player, I don't have a European visa, which makes it even harder for me to get into England which didn't enable me to, to fully go through with Reading FC. They were interested, but I didn't even, I wasn't even able to go and get the trial. No, I, I understand. I know England, first of all, to even play for certain clubs, you have to be an international for your country. And then, you know, Canadians can only stay there for, I think, three months, 90 three days. Months. And then yeah. you need to come out and travel back into the country. So, yeah, I get it. Yeah. So a couple of good things that came out of the experience, um, out of England was the experience being on, on our own. And that gave me the ability to have that full confidence within myself that, hey, I can do this, right? I, there's actually a chance that I can become a professional soccer player and I continue to push. So coming yeah. from Canada, I had that confidence and it showed on the pitch once again at 16. Oh, no, 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 sorry, 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 2018. So I was 18. From there, a year later, 2019, I went to France again through Coach Bassam uh, from his connection got the chance to stay down there for three months, train, train, and and the uh, person I was staying with was an agent for Lorient. His name is uh, Christophe. I don't have a last name. Sorry about that. It's okay. It's okay. And, and Christophe was able to train me um, and then uh, from there give me the opportunities to go through trial and trial through his connections. Um, and I ended up got, uh, getting picked up by a club, Division 5, called LeMay, the second team, though, not the first team played with them for a little bit, and then I had trials with the first team. The first team was interested in me. The thing that happened was when I came back to Canada, I self-sabotaged and did procrastinated and did not get my visa to go back to France in order a work visa to stay there for a longer period of time. Because again, in France, it's the same thing like England. You're only able to stay there for 90 days as a Canadian. Wait a second. So the, the club in France yeah. offered you employment? Yes. And they completed all the all the employment paperwork with from their club's perspective for you to be able to get the visa, the working visa, right? No, yeah. I, the team wasn't helping me with that process. I was taking care of that all on my own. Okay. Yeah. So. So yeah, I was I was taking care of the visa, but again, uh, twenty nineteen, I was nineteen. I self sabotaged. Didn't didn't take. Uh, I wasn't responsible. Then I, I wasn't responsible at the time. They didn't do what I needed to do at that time to, in order to go back for preseason train and then be on the team. Fine. So, okay. 
That's did you uh, did you ever what, what was it like um from my experience you know playing in brampton trying to get into one of the canadian youth national teams canadian national canadian youth national teams yeah whether it be the u17 or the u20 what from your experience was that process pretty turnkey or was it difficult or is it politics what's your yeah, experience so, so i i actually haven't played for the canadian national team yet hopefully i i do get there um but yeah, I've, I've played for provincial, no, not provincial, re, uh, district, regional, and then got cut. Okay. Yeah. So you never tried to uh, feature for any of the youth national teams? No, not yet. Okay. No, no. Do, you know, do, you know, do you know how those players get selected? Just out of curiosity. It's, it, it's the best players in out of Ontario, the whole of Ontario. It's the best players. From each, prov from each province, right? Yes. So Ed Edmonton, uh, Mont Quebec. So they kind of go to each province and select players. Yes. Okay. Who do you, who determines the best players? Is it kind of just you have to play for certain clubs, and then so if you're in uh, Oakville, you have to play for an Oakville club, and then a Brampton club, and a Mississauga club. Is that how it works? Or so so okay. So the Canadian system. So they they usually choose from from so they have dish no they have as a district. District, regional, provincial, and then the Canadian Youth National Team. So they they've already have players in the system that they select from, and mm -hmm. then and then I would just not not seriously, but they take players from Toronto FC, professional players as well. But um, that's what I know of. I, I don't know all the details that go into it, but I know a little bit about that system. Yeah. I see. I was just curious because I'm um, trying to see how the, that process works and how they identify the kind of guys that end up representing the country um, at a national level, whether you U17 or U20. Right. Anyways, please continue. Yeah. So, so you came back from France. You couldn't get the work permit yeah. to go back Not to. Like put in. I just procrastinated and self-sabotaged. Okay. Yeah. So that so that time kind of went by. So I I kind of get it now. I understand. Yep. Given your experience um, and what you've been through so far, why you wanted to kind of draw on that experience to help aspiring soccer players um, chart a proper course for um, for their future. Am I correct? Exactly. And is in in the book, it's information from my experience and, and the things that I've done that I don't want them to do. And it's just something that I wish I had when I was growing up. Got it. That's yeah. why I wrote the book. Yeah. Yeah. So you have a chapter that says the best um, countries for you to play in professionally. Right. Um, so what what countries are those in your opinion? And how were you able to narrow that down? So okay. So that is. So the greatest. No, the greatest uh, benefits. So number ch chapter ten. Sorry, I wanted to say yeah. chapter ten. Yeah. Easiest country to start a professional career. So I talk. I talk about. So I first start with. You want to start where you are, and you want to play at the highest level. There's. It doesn't make any sense. This is what I think. It doesn't make any sense for a player to go somewhere else. And and execute there. They might as well take their chances from where they are. And and get into the best environment that they could possibly get into. And that's, um, for us in Canada, that's, I mean, at least, like, I'm in Brampton, located in Brampton, so that'd be for me, Toronto FC. So the MLS team, and they have youth academies, which they choose from. They choose their homegrown players. 
right? So I, I say, I stayed in this chapter that you want to start where you are. Yeah. And be the best in the location that you are. Yeah. See, I think, I think yeah, there are two things to that. One, it makes sense because if you can't play for Toronto FC, what makes you think you'd be able to go to, to um, France and play for Lyon? Exactly. It's not going to happen. Um, but on the other hand, what would you say to people that say, well, if you're a 16-year-old and you have talent, instead of putting in work to try to get into Toronto FC, why don't you go play a couple of youth tournaments in Belgium or Holland? And if you're really that good, you'll get noticed and scouted. What, yes. what do you think about that? Yeah. Yes, of course. But there's so many things that go into it, right? Financially, are you able to do that? Are you, is your family going to come with you? Are they able to? Are they are both parents working a job, right? Is your mom able to come with you and dad stays back? There's so many different scenarios that can go into it. It's not just a 16-year-old can just jump on a plane and go play. So there's so many other factors that go into it that, that we have to take into account. Yeah, valid point. Yeah. You know, yeah. Typically, the argument I've heard is, well, um, I'll give you an example. Like in the United States, you have youth soccer teams where parents come together and uh, pool funds together to have their youth team go for tournaments. Uh, usually you see places like Germany and they, they go there, they play in these tournaments. And then, you know, if a particular kid stands out playing against top German competition, then the odds are that player could get scouted and they could continue to watch that player when he goes back to the United States. And now once he turns 18, he could go over to Europe or sometimes 17 if he decides to go to school. Um, you know how that works uh, over in Europe and then ends up with one of those teams. A number of examples, especially recently um, with some U.S. youth players where you've seen that. So um, I think the one thing is people kind of say, well, you put in similar amount of work yeah. trying to make an MLS team, in this case of Toronto, would be Toronto FC, uh, as you would going for tournaments in Europe. But then the returns in the European scene are much larger. Right. What do you think? What do you think about that? Right. I mean, again, there's so many different scenarios. That's one scenario out of how so many. Yeah. Yeah. I I agree with you as well for sure. Yeah. So do you do you address uh, because there's so many players I've dealt with players as well who've gone to Europe and have been unsuccessful with, you know, they've gone for several tryouts and it didn't quite work out and. You know, um, some of them come back or go back to their home countries um, in some other countries and join clubs there and pick up the pieces. And some don't. Some can't recover. So was that something that you were able to address also in your book where, um, you know, things may not go the way uh, a player has planned it, but then the player has to adjust and recover? Adjust, adjust and recover. Yes. I, I do address this in, in I would I'd say more so in chapter 12. Um, I don't, there's not a specific chapter where I, I just talk about what you just spoke of. Maybe yeah. I can share that in the not future book, but I talk about it in how to stop worrying about the future. It's somewhat a little bit of what you're saying, right? Yeah. yeah. Um, okay, so in chapter six, you had mentioned uh, the greatest secret of yeah. the professional soccer world. 
So I saw that and it just jumped out at me. I was like, well, okay, I need to ask about this. Wow. So what, what, in your experience, because, you know, sometimes this is all subjective, but what, what would you, what would you say is the greatest secret in the professional world? Yeah. Um, one, one of the things I never knew or understood at a young age was that it's, it's, it's a lot about who do you know, but at the same time, how good are you? So by having simply the right connection or being at the right place at the right time and getting connected to the right person can change everything. Mm-hmm. Right. But again, it, it, there's so many factors that go into it. What position do you play and what position is that person looking for and how good are you compared to all the other players? Yeah. So that, yeah. So the, the greatest soccer secret of, of the professional world, um, no, the greatest secret of the, of the professional soccer world, that's, that's, one of the things I talk about, there's three things, the greatest secret of the professional soccer world, get, in, uh, get into the professional world as early as possible. Scouts, coaches, and uh, directors can be a great, can be great for you. Those are three things that I talk about in the book, in that chapter, yeah. Yeah, it's interesting. No, I think you hit some things on the head. Uh, situational opportunities where if a team is looking for three midfielders and you happen to, you know, try out for that team and you're a very good midfielder, the odds of you getting signed are very high as opposed to a team that has six midfielders already and you go try out for that team, you know, uh, even if you're good, mm-hmm. they still may not sign you. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. I've encountered that before. That's, that's why. Um, okay. So that's interesting, man. Um, so I think, so for, for you, just out of curiosity now, you know, so you, you came back and all that. So what, what would be next? I mean, you're back in Canada, in, in Canada now, right? In Toronto, in Brampton. Yeah. Yeah. So what's, what, what would be next, the next step for you? Um, do you still have aspirations of trying to go back to, to Europe or are you in a situation where, you know, you kind of want to try to make a name for yourself here in North America? Yeah, so 100%, I just want to track back a little bit. We all have, as we experienced COVID-19, so that put everything on pause. So everybody has a COVID-19 story. I'm not going to get into that. Um, <laughs> just to bring it up, just to mention, but I was, I've been training the whole time. So now, uh, to answer your question, I have um, a couple doors open. France is still open uh, through through Bassam. Um, I obviously kept in contact with them, Christophe, the agent. So France is still open. Uh, Naples, as we talked about, Naples United FC, which which is um, planned for next month. Uh, for I got connected to the the director. His name is Enoch. I can't think of Enoch. Um, yeah, yeah, I saw I don't know how to pronounce his last name. I don't want to butcher it. Um, yeah, I, I could tell you in a second. I, I just a second. I'll, I'll tell you his last name. Okay. He's actually, if I'm not mistaken, he's actually he has a Nigerian name as well. Yes. Um, Show me. Yes. Enoch Shoumi. Mm-hmm. There yeah. we go. You got it. You got it. So yeah. we, that's a story in itself too, right? We connect. I connect. We connected on LinkedIn. Um, we spoke. I, I asked him. I said, "Hey, can we do an interview?" Hopped on an interview for an hour. We talked. Uh, it was great energy. I sent him a, an email of my highlight videos. He liked what he seen. He said, "Hey, I, I would love to see you in person, if possible." That's not usually always the case. And I said, "Hey, my dad lives in Florida. I can make some arrangements to make that happen." And then he said, look, I don't pick the team, but if you make the team, we can accommodate you. So I said, it sounds like a pretty good opportunity. But then again, um, since we're talking about opportunities, another one, 
presented itself today. Uh, it's on Instagram called Soccer Visa. Yeah. Have you heard of that? Yeah. Oh, that yeah, it didn't sound too good. <laughs> yeah, no, we could talk offline though. Of course. Of course. Um, but yeah, I don't want to do that to anyone on my podcast. But we could talk offline. I think you know sometimes in in this world, I could we could talk offline. I could give you one or two suggestions of things that you could do moving forward. Um, what what do you think about the Canadian Professional League? The CPL. Can you, yeah. I think I think it's a great thing. It's something that can, uh, Canada needed for a long time, but they just started it right now. Mm -hmm. Um. As I've seen from players that I know, like Tristan Borges, he got uh, scouted into Belgium. He did. Yeah. So they are taking they're taking a look at CPL players, and CPL players are transferring out the country. So that's really good. I love that. It, I mean, yeah, you you got two teams. There's one in Hamilton, and there's one in uh, I think in York. York nine. York yeah. Nine, yeah. Yeah. So wouldn't you be interested in trying to get into one of those squads? Yes, um, <laughs> but okay. I'm not gonna say the but. Yes, I I spoke to Marco Champa, which was my Woodbridge uh, strikers coach. He's connected to York Nine. Uh, we, we spoke. He has connections in York Nine. We spoke. I said, Hey, can I get there physically for them to see me? That hasn't happened yet. Um, but my mind is more so in uh, an established environment out in Europe or in the States. MLS, something that's already been established. To get into yeah yeah no it, it makes perfect sense yeah it makes perfect sense. i think you know with a lot of these things i think your book definitely is um a good piece for a lot of young upcoming players to help understand because most people don't understand the dynamics yeah, of um, of going to europe they think um they could just show up and things work you know they, they have a lot of good players there there's an established system there for scouting they think once you reach a certain age you should already have been noticed because of how many clubs scout players across that continent um so you know going in as a north american player there are a lot of challenges that you have to deal with especially if you're not noticed off the back if you go in for a tournament and they don't see you Depending on the tournament, um, it becomes challenging. Right. Um, but if you're scouted and the team says, oh, this guy, we like him, bring him in, things just kind of work a lot easier for you. Um, and then you also rest on the three-month thing. Um, you know, I've dealt with players that have gone to Denmark from the U.S. Um, and have spent time there, but they were limited by that time period as well. And then some of these leagues have international player um, regulations where they have to pay you. If you're a foreign player, they have to pay you a certain amount of money. Yeah. Um, and some of these clubs don't have the budget to pay that money uh, for foreign players. They might like you, but they might not have the budget to pay you the minimum amount allowed by the country. Right. Um, so that, that becomes a challenge as well. So I think all these things, um, and you with you putting out information like this, um, based on your experience, it'll help a lot of people understand that, um, hey, you know, you really need to prep up before you try to take this leap. And if you can make a name for yourself, kind, kind of the way Davies did here. Davis. Yeah, before yeah. going. You know, I mean, he just played here. He, he didn't even go. He just played. And, you know, they came, saw him, liked him, scouted him. Right. You know what I'm saying? So if you could... If anyone could do that, right? Um, it puts you in a really good standing. I think. I think to your point earlier, that may be the better option 
um, as opposed to going to Europe, you know. But yeah, I mean, I, I noticed your book is on Amazon. Is there anywhere else it is that you, you kind of want people to understand it's, how to get it? It's only on Amazon. If you, if you type in Cream Ray, K-A-R-E-E-M, space R-A-E, it's going to pop mm -hmm. up. You'll see two books. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, no, it's a really good piece. And um, kudos to you again for writing it. Um, I don't know, is there anything else you want to add to this and expand on some more? No, I just I just wanted to say thank you for having me on here. Yeah, I really no, appreciate it. Not, not, not a problem. I saw it and I was like, he's he's writing books. I said, no, nah, that's pretty cool. I need to get him on. So um, I think it's inspiring. I think it's good. I think it's good for a lot of young soccer players out there to see that um, that you write the book and, and, and they could too. Right. Um, if you have knowledge, why not share it? Why keep it to yourself? Um, so again, congratulations. Um, I'm going to take a look at the book and try to, I might have one or two players I work with that might benefit from reading, from reading the book. Okay. If they, if they read it, <laughs> let me know. I'll, I'll send them out. I'll send them out to you. Uh, no, absolutely. Absolutely. Congrats again. And, um, I will go from there. Okay. Thanks cool. again for coming on, man. Thank you.